Welcome to The Barbell Strikes Back. I'm your host, James McDermott, and my guest on the show today is an Albany CrossFit and Albany CrossFit Barbell Club team member, Miguel Porter. Miguel is one heck of an athlete. He's making huge strides in both CrossFit and weightlifting, and I'm super excited to talk all about his career so far. Miguel, how are you doing? I'm great. Thanks for having me. I know. I'm glad to finally get you on the show. I've mentioned your name a bunch of times already. People are, are coming into the DMs. They're like, hey, who's this Miguel guy? You got to get him on the show. You're talking about him all the time. He's setting PRs. You're talking about coaching him. Uh, he, you're, you're claiming that he's the fastest on the team, which that sparked some controversy, as you know. So That was, that was great to hear, honestly, listening to the podcast. And like, of course, like the name drop is always great, but like, to have it be like such a cool thing, like second for the snatch and one for the clean, like that's, that's great. Yeah. I mean, and now I just have to figure out a way to, to prove it. I need to, to validate my claims somehow, which I have some ideas. That's a whole nother show though. Whole nother yeah. show. So let's, uh, let's talk about you a little bit, Miguel. You know, you're the first person I've asked this to out of anyone at the gym, but what has it been like being back at the gym now that we're open. I mean, we were closed for six months. Is it like coming back to school all of a sudden, like you were on summer vacation and now boom, we're open again? Yeah, actually, that's a great way of putting it. I mean, when I remember when I was like younger, like elementary school, middle school, um, summer, it, it feels like coming back from a summer break because summer was so like, when you're so much younger, you're so separated from friends over a summer break. Like these are people that you see every day and then summer hits and then you don't see them at all. And then when you come back, it feels like you're kind of just uh, picking up where you left off. So it's the same thing here where um, quarantine has kind of felt like that type of summer break. And then we come back and it's like, you just have to pick up where you left off. It's like the energy and everything is, is so great to be back. Yeah. And you see people and, you know, it's just like, like you said, when you're coming back from school, maybe it's high school, you haven't seen one of your friends for whatever reason all summer and they come back with a giant beard or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Just everyone just looks different or you forgot what they look like. Has, uh, has it been a, a shock getting back into some of these workouts? Cause I mean, working out at home is hard, but it's definitely hard for different reasons. The, the, the intensity is always lacking a little bit. You know, I think it's just hard because you're solo and you have no one to feed off of. And it's just the environment that you're in. But once you get into the gym and there's other people around you, those workouts hurt in a completely different way. So how's that been adapting to these workouts again? Yeah. I mean, even just, I always feel it mostly for the warm up. I mean, I have like a, before quarantine, I had like a pretty long warm-up routine like we'd start barbell at six o'clock and I'd come in from work at like 5 30 and I'd start like my like half hour of like stretching by myself yeah. and then do like the warm-up with everyone together but like the intensity of like when we do warm-up with the bar we're like you know we're doing hang snatches and it's like you can hear everyone's feet and like that cues you to be like Oh yeah, like let me make sure that it's like a loud sound when I land. When you're by yourself, it's like you don't have that type of feedback where it's it's just you. So like even if you try to keep it intense, there are certain things that you really only 
pick up on when you have other people around you doing the same thing. You move with more, more of a, a purpose. Yeah. You see yeah. other people moving with intent or hanging onto the bar. It's maybe you would have put down the bar after the first three snatches from the hips versus now I'm making you guys hold on to it and we're doing yeah, transitions. And yeah, when you're just, home alone, it's just like you will take any chance to just rest because you're like, oh, yeah. whatever. Yeah, I, I, I think we can all we can all relate to that. I mean, it's, it's just an easy thing to do. There's no eyes on you. There's no one to say, hey, pick up the bar. Or if we're in Barbuff Club and we're all kind of going through that sequence together, you all pretty much know around how many reps we're going to do. So you don't want to be that person who's putting it down and kind of breaking, you know, the 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 melody to our little symphony that we have going on. You know, yeah, you want exactly. to just keep it going. How has it been training weightlifting itself uh, in the group versus on your own? Because I know you were doing some at home workouts. We had a couple training cycles that we were doing, uh, and I, a lot of people, I think, kind of fell off around June, maybe yeah. June, July. I, I think I fell off a little bit before then, um, <laughs> but it was just, it's tough being by yourself. I mean, there are just certain things that I, I think that were partially mental. Cause I mean, I mean, I came back and I honestly feel as strong as I was when I left, if not stronger, honestly, but there were just certain things that didn't translate. Like I'd be in my driveway and I'd be doing you know, working up with my cleans and it would be a great day if I cleaned 185 at all in my driveway. Like it would, it just felt so different. The bar felt so heavy, but being together in Barbell Club, it's like the dynamic that we have, I feel is so strong that like, I can just pick up most weights and feel confident with it that I'm going to get it. But when you're by yourself, it's like, it's it's really tough yeah so you're you're feeding off of the energy of everyone else on the team yeah yeah it's um you know i mean i've noticed this we've had different iterations over the years of our barbell club team and i honestly think that the team we have now is the most solid of a team that we've ever had before and that's not to say that the other teams weren't good it was just always a different focus you know you guys are supportive in a different way than those other teams were if someone's going for a big lift, everyone just automatically stops. And it, it almost seems to me like there's some kind of uh, un, unwritten language across the room from station to station when you guys are lifting. It's almost, you know how like uh, how twins can like uh, communicate with one another and it almost seems like they're doing it with a little bit of uh, like te telepathy or something like yeah. that. Like you guys will just get into a flow and it's like you all know when everyone is at like let's say 85, 90% or above or going for big lifts and you guys get into an order of lifting that no one put you in. Like all of a sudden, like Diana will go, then maybe Shaf will go, then Haley will go, then Bree, then you. And it's like no one decided this order before class. And it's very close to being the same almost every time. Yeah, I was going to say that. It's yeah. pretty consistent where we, we know like who goes in certain orders, yeah. I just think it's the coolest thing to see because like I'm essentially like an outsider just watching this happen. Like I'm running around from station to station trying to help you guys out, warms you guys up, got you going on the workout, making sure technique's good, pushing you where I can. But it's like all of a sudden there's like this magic in the air that that happens where you guys get into this 
rhythm as a group. And I've literally never seen it anywhere before. I definitely don't see it in CrossFit classes, even with the same people coming every single day. And I've never seen it on any of the iterations of the Barbell Club that we've had either. It's just a really cool thing. I think part of it is that it's like a type of competitive energy that we have with each other. Like, I really like the dynamic that we have. And I mean, to someone like not acquainted with how we do things in Barbell Club, like for new members, I would say like the, the first couple days are probably like a shock. Cause I feel like sometimes it can come off as mean, especially like me and shop. Sometimes it's like, I feel like, especially from my end, like it seems like I'm being like really mean to him, but I think we all just really want to work hard. And then like, we see like, all right, somebody hit this weight. That means I have to hit my weight that I'm about to hit now. I think we all know where, where everyone is like percentage wise, like, okay, this person is usually around like 10, 20 pounds away from what I hit. So they just hit that weight. So now I know that I have to go and I have to hit this weight. And I know like Diana, for instance, I know if she hits this weight, she's going to go up. I was going to, I was going to stop after I hit this one, but I know since she's going to go up, I have to go up. And I think we all just feed off each other's energy and we, we know that this person isn't going to take it easy. They're not going to kind of shy away from going up and really trying to test themselves. So I can't either. No, I, I completely agree. I, I like, I like the word that you used. It's uh it's, it's a, there's a competitiveness to it and definitely to an outsider looking in, it might seem a little mean, you know, but it's always too, it's always very supportive. Like uh, I know there was a couple weeks ago where Schaff was kind of struggling on a lift, you know, he wasn't going to take another attempt after missing like a big weight. And Bree is like screaming at him from across the room, you know, like get back on that bar, you know, and like there may have been some expletives in there as well, <laughs> but it's like, uh, it's, I think it's a competitiveness and also just a real big desire to see everyone else around you to keep pushing it because you know, like you said, if they keep pushing it, you'll keep pushing it. Yeah. And I think weightlifting in general, I think it kind of transfers over into CrossFit as well, but it's like the, the energy I can say of like weightlifting me is like, you want everyone to hit their weights, but you want to hit heavier than they hit. So like if you're in a weight class and a guy has missed his first two snatches, when he goes up for that third, everyone there, even his competitors are like cheering for him because everyone wants to see him hit it. But you're in your mind, you're thinking, I hope he hits this, but I want to hit a heavier weight. Like I want everyone to, I want everyone to have their best day, but I want my best day to be better than theirs. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. I, I think maybe what we need to do is maybe every single class, we need to have some kind of like a, a thing where there, there's a formula called the Sinclair coefficient, where you kind of you type in your max and your body weight and other things. And it tells you who is statistically the best lifter. Oh, I might have to do that every single class and just yeah. kind of put it in there, men and ladies, and kind of see overall who is the best from the training day. And then maybe that'll uh, push you guys even more knowing that 
it's uh, whatever weight you hit is going into a formula at the end of the day. Or if like, we're, we're, let's say we're trying to hit 90% of our best, you know, hang snatch and Diana PRs, well, she just hit 101%. That's kind of how I was doing it for the last training cycle. Yeah. Like based it off percentages, but something a little more elaborate might be fun too. Yeah. I, I've never looked up the actual like Sinclair stuff. Cause I feel like then I'll get like too into it. Like I'll, <laughs> I'll be like calculating everyone else's lifts when they go. Yeah. That, yeah, that probably wouldn't be good. I'm like, why is Miguel ha- doing calculus <laughs> over there? You have a giant whiteboard, <laughs> you're writing it all down. We probably won't, won't do that. Maybe I'll, I'll just save that for certain days. Yeah. Well, it sounds like the team really helps to keep you motivated. Is there anything that you do for yourself intrinsically to stay motivated when training gets hard? Cause there are some workouts where things aren't competitive uh, unless maybe like if you're just trying to make all of your lifts on a 20 minute EMOM versus, you know, someone else might miss. So I guess you might beat them in that way or do better in them by making more lifts. But when the complex gets really hard or when we're doing 20 lifts every minute on the minute and training is just hard, how do you keep yourself motivated when there's kind of white noise all around you and everyone else is doing the same thing? Um, I'd say personally, it's just like a desire to get better. Like it's, it's honestly so fitting that Albany CrossFit's motto is be better. Cause even dating back to, uh, when I ran track in high school, I was never like the fastest on the team. Like the track team had like over a hundred kids on it like spanning from long distance, mid distance, sprinting, throwers, all that. And I was never like one of the like scorers. So like you have these huge long track meets, most of the races that people are running, you get no score for it. It's just for yourself. Um, So I would like get to practice and I was never like one of the top guys, I guess I would say, but it was always like, I I would have to ask myself, why are you here every time? Because if I'm going to practice and I'm spending all this time, months of like doing all this and I'm not really like adding to the team score at a meet, like why am I doing this if it's not to get better? Other than that, I'm just wasting my time. Like I could be home playing Xbox right now, but yeah, it's like the need to be better than I was the day before. Uh, I love that. Uh, I, I like that question to ask yourself, why, why am I here? You know, when it's uh rep number three out of a set of five heavy back squats and we're at 90% and you're just dying and you want to drop it or put it back. You just ask yourself, why, well, why are you here? Did you come in today to just drop it and, and not push it? Or did you come in here to grind out those two extra reps? Yeah. Cause I mean, it's very easy to go home after work. Like that is the easy decision. But I mean, apart from like, it is fun being in, in barbell club and it's fun doing CrossFit, but you go there to work. Like you go there to, you know, you, at the end of a session, you want to feel like I put in work today and I have gotten better because I did this. Are there days where you go home and you're like, Mm, I was, I, I didn't quite hit the mark today. Um, 
I guess there are days where you can feel like that. Like you feel like if you don't PR in your head, you're like, I really didn't, I really didn't do my best today, but that's not necessarily true. Um, I feel like if you, I mean, depending on who you are as a person, if you go there and, and you don't put in the work, then you know, like when you leave, you're like, I didn't really, you know, put my best effort today, but there's like, there are days where maybe you're not feeling as well and you want to go for a max, but you know, it's like, it's not in the cards today. And you may leave feeling like, man, I really didn't do that well today, but you know, like for that was my best that I could have given today. Maybe not my best that I could have given in total, but for today, how I felt, that was the best that I could give. I think that's an important thing to realize. You know, I mean, some people, they get into training, they get involved in like a sport and that sport starts to give all the value to their identity, so to say. It's like, okay, if if I didn't PR today, then that means I'm less of a person overall. Like you just get, they, they just start to blur together too much. So I think it's good to have that kind of a mindset and that perspective on, okay, I'm still going into the gym. I, I still made it in today. I, I'm not feeling like it's a, a, a an all-time best day, but it's a day where I'm at least still moving the needle forward by pushing myself in the gym. And maybe getting to 90% is what you need to do that day. It's all you had, but that 90% is better than 0% on just staying home and playing Xbox. Yeah. And I mean, you also like look back and you see, oh, last year, there's no way that I could have done this. Like we just did on Friday, we had our 10 minute EMOMs and I was doing 130 pounds for the snatch for 10 minutes. And I mean, I, I looked back and maybe it didn't feel like as intense of a day, but I was looking back and I was like, I remember the first day I hit 135 and how crazy that was for me to like snatch at body weight. And then I'm hitting 130 for 10. And I mean, not all of the snatches were great. Like some of them were bad, but I still made them. And I mean, the day that I hit 135, like I had no choice but to make it as perfect as possible. So you look back and you see how far you've come in. Then you're like, okay, you get a little bit more perspective and then yeah. you can feel better about it. Yeah. No, I think that's that's the perfect word for it is perspective, which I, I didn't realize you were up to 130 for this last EMOM. I mean, I wasn't there. Josh was subbing, but that's huge. So you're essentially almost doing body weight during the EMOMs now. Yeah. I mean, what was my former body weight yeah oh yeah you're you're, we're 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 bulking up a little bit but but that's still i mean i think out of everyone on the team you are the person who is closest to doing that you know so if if things keep going the way they are and you keep getting stronger and more efficient on your lifts there's certainly a good chance you know the next time we do a 20 or 15 minute imam you'll be doing pretty close or if not body weight which would be huge that's that's pretty good now, um, I mean, it just shows how good of an athlete you are. I personally think that in the history of Albany CrossFit, 
So not just Barbell Club, but the CrossFit side as well. You're one of the top athletes we've ever had in the gym for the men's side. That's amazing to hear. (laughs) (laughs) Right right now, other people are going to be listening to podcasts like, hey, but it's, it's true. I mean, it's not for everything, but you are one of the only athletes in the gym that I know of personally that has done a double body weight front squat who had, who can go up and down the rope like you do when we're doing rope climbs. The only person who rivals you would be Mike Mickery, but it's like, I, I think you're, you're faster. I'm pretty sure if we had a race, so it's a a 20 foot rope climb. And if anyone who has been to Albany CrossFit, the CrossFit space is in old racquetball courts and up above that there is a walkway. And the ropes are right next to the walkway. So you could theoretically, no one should ever do this, climb up to the rope and jump over to the other side, 20 feet up in the air. And there's a staircase that leads all the way up to that landing as well. I'm pretty sure if you were at the bottom of the rope and I was at the bottom of the staircase and someone said, three, two, one, go, you would beat me to the top before I could get up there. And I know some people are listening to the show. Well, well, James, you have little legs and you're not that fast. But still, I, I'm, I should be able to make it up a flight of stairs, you know, before Miguel can climb 20 feet on the rope. But I don't think I could beat you. I think you'd be up. And I think the only way I would beat you back down is if I threw myself down the stairs. <laughs> so you're just, you're just super fast. And I've noticed it's on the pulling movements. So muscle-ups, uh, chin-ups, chest-to-bar pull-ups, bar muscle-ups, toes-to-bar, uh, rope climbs, things like that you're definitely one of the best to ever come into the gym to be able to do it. Was, was that something that you were adept at before CrossFit? Um, I can't say for sure. I mean, a lot of the things, rope climbs was, it was not a thing that I could even, I remember, I mean, I'm sure everyone does, but the, those presidential like fitness tests. Yeah. And I remember like gym class, we would do the one where like, the like knotted rope where like you can like put like your hand and like your feet and it wouldn't slide down. And I mean, I don't even think I was good at those, but I mean, I, I'm like obsessive about certain things and I will watch video after video after video break down movements and really see like, how can I do this? Like, what is the best way? What works for me? And yeah, I mean, like muscle ups, I think I tried to do a muscle up before I even like fully had kipping pull ups, I think. Um, obviously, that didn't work out. Like, there is a process in building up to a muscle up, but it honestly did not take me that long same thing with rope climbs i mean i remember my first i used to go to the to murph's 8 a.m class and i remember like learning them and i just never had them so i just did like the get-ups um and then i guess i had like missed a bunch of like rope climbing wads and i had switched over to five o'clock and i remember one day at the five o'clock like you asking me like if i had them And I was like, I haven't even attempted to do one in like a very long time. 
but I, I think the last time I tried it at the 8 a.m., I like kind of understood what like the the like oh, hook. Crap. Yeah. Um, so I tried them in the wad and it, it worked out. And then I've only gotten better and better at it through, you know, watching. We had that skills class for a while, which really helped me. And yeah, it just, I think I'm able to see other people do things and kind of emulate that. I think that's really what it is. That That's a pretty good skill to have, to be able to watch and be like, okay, that's how you do it. And just go and do it. You know, it's a very intuitive way of moving. Um, and it's, and to clarify the, when I'm talking about you racing up the rope versus me on the staircase, I'm talking also legless rope climb, which, so you can, you've gotten to the point where you were doing get-ups on the floor scaled, and now you're flying up the rope with just your upper body and arms. And it's just, um, where did that, where did, where, where did the fear kind of drop off? Like, was there fear involved in it with that unknown aspect of going off up, up the rope? And was there a certain point where you just busted through that plateau? Um, I think when the fear hits, at least for me, it's like almost too late. And then you're like, I'm already up here, you know, yeah. like when, when you're doing a workout that has multiple 20 foot rope climbs, like let's say in the workout, you have like three 20 foot rope climbs. It's like the difference from 15 feet to 20 feet is so huge. And like, you'll just get over that 15 foot marker and you'll, you'll feel like, okay, if my, if my legs weren't wrapped right now, I would surely just go down this rope because I've, I've hit like the end. And you, at that point, you're like, I'm already up here. I might as well just finish. When you're doing legless, it's like, to me, it's like, you have to go fast or you're just not going to do it. So by you the have to time, keep the momentum going. By the time the fear hits, you're just like, all right, I've just touched it. I'm just going to drop down now, which I still have to work on my dismounting from the rope. But yeah. Yeah, there, there are times where I think you're about at like the 10 foot mark and you're already jumping off of it. And then that's when I get scared. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, you're jumping off half of the rope yeah. distance. I, I can't. That's another one that like I will I watch videos of like how people do it and it just doesn't translate as well. Or it's like, I just don't want to do that. Like I watched like Rich Froning who was notoriously bad at rope climbs. Like his first- Cost him, cost him the games, yeah, yeah. It cost him his first win. And I mean, he studied and like really went into it. But it's like when he, when he and his team are doing legless rope climbs, they like drop down and they catch it like in between their thighs. And they'll have like, crazy rope burns from like they drop from like 15 feet and then they catch themselves with their thighs like rope in between their thighs at like five feet and they just stop and then they hop off and I'm like I'm not there like I'm not competing I don't think I need to yeah. do that but yeah I, I think um I think it's important for people to know like when you are watching some of these competitors it's almost like you're watching athletes in the NFL or NBA they're professionals who have sponsorships and they're getting paid money to, to win. So it's kind of okay to almost have that sacrifice 
but us in the gym, you know, we're, we're working on general fitness and just trying to be better and get to the next level. It's almost, it's the, some of those things aren't worth it. You know, like bouncing off your head on handstand pushups or catching a rope between your thighs, you know, it's, it's not worth the risk for first reward just isn't there. Yeah. Is, is, um, is that why you wear a headband? I know that this headband popped up a little while ago. Is it because of Rich Froning? No, um, that's the the headband's so odd. Actually, I had read a GQ article that the NBA was banning those specific headbands. Oh, really? Uh, it's like the it's because they have like the tail in the back, like kind of like the old like Karate Kid type of headband that he would wear. Yeah, that's and what it looks like. I remember seeing the article of like, oh yeah, the NBA saying like these players can't wear it anymore. And I always, I always thought like how cool that was. So like immediately they had like a link in the article that I was reading and I like went and bought it. But it, I don't know, it just makes you feel cooler. Is it, is it banned because another player might grab the back of it and pull, pull on it or something? Yeah, I guess it was just like, Maybe it's just like not as official looking as they'd want it in the NBA. Like it looked okay. very just, you know, not. It's a little too, it's not as, it's a little too, too loose, too sloppy, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. With the tassels kind of going around the back. Yeah. It's like flying around as they're actually playing. Like that's like a pickup game type of. I don't know. I think the NBA should be like, hey, wear it and then sell them that some of them that say NBA on them, you know? Oh yeah, for sure. It's like, they got to get on that. Well, it's just, um, it's just a funny thing because um, I wanted to bring it up because I thought it was maybe Rich Froning, but that I like hearing this story on where the headband came out. But in Barbell Club, when that headband comes out, it's typically on clean and jerks, right? Yeah. I save it for clean and jerks because that's like the last thing that we do. That's like, Cleans are by far my favorite movement in weightlifting, CrossFit. There was a time where like I'd be I'd be at work or like at school and I would just be like imagining myself cleaning a bar like just randomly and it was so <laughs> weird to me but it, it's by far my favorite movement and when we get to the end of a barbell session where like we've hit all the complexes, like everyone's kind of like done with them and we're just going for like, all right, everyone just go for heaviest clean and jerk. And we turn on the music to like everyone's specific, like, or like we throw on the Spider-Verse uh, soundtrack because that's just our thing. Yeah, that's and like our club soundtrack now. It's not even the Spider-Verse yeah. soundtrack. That's like the club soundtrack. And like when I know that I'm like, at my end i'm like all right let me just use whatever like placebo effect i need to and throw on this headband and it'll make me stronger like it'll it's like when you're playing a video game or something and like some item gives you like plus 15 strength or something like that's how i put it in my head where i'm like all right let me throw on the headband now get that plus 15 and then i'll sh i should be able to make this clean and jerk well, I, I think it, it amps everyone else up too, because it's almost like a, a symbolic thing. You know, it's like, I, I would, I've been to some concerts where the lead guitarist will have a special guitar and that guitar only comes out for a special song. 
and you can kind of just see it off in the corner. And then during a transition, they kind of roll it out. And then everyone in the crowd knows, oh my gosh, th this is about to go down. And then they make a big deal about taking a guitar off the stand, almost like you're unsheathing a sword out of a stone or something like that. Another thing that kind of reminds me of is um, uh, James Brown. If you ever listen to any James Brown, yeah, yeah. he had, he had a, a cape, right? So he'd be out there, you know, uh, uh, singing his songs and, and dancing and stuff and just rocking out. And then he'd start to kind of power down and they'd come out and put that cape on him. Like yeah. he's, and then he'd throw it off. We need a cape, Miguel. <laughs> yeah, it's like, especially when you, when you save something for like the special moments, then it's like not tied to bad energy. Cause when yeah. I know like when I'm having a bad day, like I don't, I don't bring it out. Cause I want it to only be tied with like good times where it's like when everyone is just having fun, we're just really just going for big lifts. Like that's what I want to save it for. Like if I feel like, I mean, every time I put it, put it on, there's definitely an opportunity that I miss because I'm going for something heavy, but like, I, I know going into the day, it's usually like the last thing that we do. So I know like, okay, this is a time that I can bring this out. And it's, yeah, I think it's kind of tied to good energy. And if I used it all the time, like during the bad days and during a lot of the misses, then it doesn't really mean anything when I pull it out. Like it's just yeah. like, yeah, he's wearing a headband now. But when I, when I pull it out now, it's like, Oh, we're going for some big lifts now. Well, and, and the thing I like about that too is since I don't see it all the time, only on those special moments, I forget about it. So yeah. when it is coming out, I'm like, oh, that's right, the headband. Here it is. Oh, this, it's going down right now. What do we got? We got 225 on the bar here? Like, what's, what, yeah. what are we trying to clean, Jer? So it's, um, it definitely, I, I think everyone else recognizes that too. And I feel like everyone else has kind of, something like that you know it, it might not be a physical item but it might be like a song that we yeah. put on or something like, like shaf has shaf has like a million songs you know to, to amp him up he's got the the mandalore or mandalorian soundtrack song the theme and then there's of course the spider verse but everyone's kind of got that that power item or yeah. thing i think it's an important thing to have in training yeah like a what's the word not a token but yeah like an item that you pull out when like you really need it and it makes you feel better even if you know like it doesn't do anything like it does though yeah so i mean there's so much psychology behind you know weightlifting specifically and even in competition do you wear it in competition no i haven't yet okay so we'll talk about those here in a second yeah. maybe maybe we need to bust out that <laughs> Uh, that the headband for competition but before we talk even more about weightlifting just want to kind of go back in time a little bit uh, what brought you to Albany CrossFit in the first place how'd you find the gym and out of all the gyms what made you say hey this is where I kind of want to plant my flag and have be my home can't remember what year it was but I had seen like a rerun of the games on ESPN and whenever they would go into a commercial break, they'd like have a commercial specifically about CrossFit. And like, I'd see like everyone doing the workouts and like, that looks really cool. And again, through in high school, I, I think I, I tried 
a lot of different things. And, and I always felt as an athlete that I wasn't, I was never the best at anything, but I always felt like if I put myself against the general population, I was slightly above average. And I mean, I guess that's like one of those logical fallacies that like everyone kind of has, where they're like, I'm better than average, but the, you know, average is average. So most people are average by definite, by definition. Um, all, all I use is that if I go into, let's say a target, I'm pretty confident that I'm the only person in here that can snatch a certain weight. And it just yeah. makes me feel better while I'm going up and down the aisles. I'm like, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm the only person here who had, who has done X, Y, Z. And I don't know, I don't even know why I think about it sometimes, but it like pops up in my head yeah. when you start thinking about what, what, I wonder what everyone in here can do. Um, so I'd seen that. So it was like a cool thing of like, oh, they do everything here. And this was really early. I mean, this was probably, I don't think at the, at this point, I don't think Shy had owned Albany CrossFit yet. Really? No, I, I don't think so. Cause I remember I put the, I saw it. I saw the games on ESPN. I looked up, I think I literally may have just typed in Albany CrossFit or like CrossFit Albany. And of course, Albany CrossFit top option. So I had put the, I put the number in my phone and then I hadn't actually, cause at the time I wasn't working, of course. Um, so it was like, no, I'll be able to, <laughs> I'll be able to pay for this. So I were you, you still in high school or something? Yeah. This was like early high school too. So like me having a job, like no way. Um, so I had that number in my phone and um years later albert lee is in the same grade as me at shaker his brother tim um was like working out at albany a lot and he did barbell stuff too yep um so albert had asked me to come to a saturday workout with him because he was talking about crossfit and i was like oh yeah i remember that place from like years ago like i still had the number in my phone um, and he was like, you should come do a Saturday workout with me. And I was like, yeah, I'll totally do that. I never did. But <laughs> then knowing that like, oh, those two guys are there and those are people that I know. And this is something that I like wanted to do. Um, so I'll think about it again. That was like maybe my senior year of high school. And then fast forward like another two years and I finally called and, and showed up. Um, this is amazing. This is a, this is a couple year process. Um, I, I never, it never dawned to me that someone might have like our number on their phone or our, our website tab saved on their bookmarks. And that might go by for years to finally yeah, get to was, that next step. Honestly, I may have been in like eighth or ninth grade when I put that original number in my phone. And then I don't think I started until I've been at the gym for just over three years now. So 2017, I probably put that number in my phone like 2012, 2013, maybe. Wow. So you put, remember, you put the number in your phone when I moved back to the area and started working at Albany Cross. Yeah, it was, it was really early. And 
I remember I had to, I was like, let me check the website and just see if the number's the same. And it wasn't, it was a different number. So that's why I figure like Shy had bought it um, within that time. But to have that number in my phone for so long and not call it and not have any interest. And then finally one day, like, oh yeah, let me try this out. Do you, uh, so he, he purchased the gym in 2014. Yeah. So the, the timeline definitely checks out. Do you remember the first time you actually got into the gym? Did it meet all of your expectations? I feel like there was a high mark that we had to hit of you thinking about coming in for, let's say, 2012, like almost five years, right? Yeah, I mean, it was like stalking social media, of course, and like seeing people lifting like the videos that we'd post and like stuff like that. And then at the time, I think I was like at Planet Fitness. So I was like working out by myself at like weird times because they're open whenever. So like I'd be working out at like midnight, one o'clock in the morning. And then like watching those videos and like, oh, this seems like really cool. And I remember I finally did go um, to a class and I think coach Chris was, was coaching at the time and it was a Saturday workout. And I remember at the end, I was laying on the floor, like in a pool of sweat and like hyperventilating basically. <laughs> and I was like, honestly, that was the moment when I knew that I was like, oh, I have to do this. I haven't felt like this in a workout almost ever and definitely not in a long time. And I was like, that's what I need. Like I need something that's, I feel like I suck at and I feel like is extremely hard. That's what I want at the end of every workout. Did it, did it feel like that effort in the workout? Did it kind of feel closer to what an all out effort at like a track meet would feel like? Um, actually track meets are very low intensity, I think. Oh, really? Cause I, I mean, just imagine like, sprinting and going all out. Well, our coach had this thing that he would say where it's like, when you get to that starting line, you better be like dripping in sweat because it's like, if you just do your race, if you warm up like a little bit and just do your race, you're good at the end. Like you may have like a couple minutes of like, maybe even feeling sick, depending on like what you ran, but like, it's just in a track meet, like indoor, an indoor track meet, it's boys and girls at the same time. So they're long, they're like six hour meets. And oh, wow. you may run like one or two races total. So overall, the time that you spend there and the time that you actually like are exerting that energy is like, it's almost nothing. So like your workout, your warm up sometimes is, is more intense. It was, it's like circuit training. That was like what my first couple of CrossFit classes felt like, where it was like in circuit training, you're not exactly sure like how long I'm doing this for. You're moving to different stations. So you're not sure like what weights I should use, stuff like that. And you just feel like the whole time you have to push yourself. And, and that's what CrossFit felt like for me. Do you, do you remember at all what that first workout was? I know that there was rowing in it. Maybe I, that's like, maybe all I remember is that there was rowing in it and I had never, we had like rowers in 
our gym at, at school, but I, I think I'd maybe done it like once or twice. So that was like really tough for me. And I can't remember who was next to me. I'm not sure, I'm not sure when Nate joined the gym, but I feel like maybe it was Nate who was next to me at the time. And I was trying to keep up with him. Cause I mean, I had no clue of like, how should I pace this? So it was like the person next to me where I was just like, all right, stay around what they're doing. If you can like do better than them. Um, Cause I think it was like, we were switching stations like every minute. And it was okay. like a few different movements. Um, I'm not fully sure what it was though. Yeah. So it was kind of like a fight gone bad style workout yeah. or like a save by the barbell type of thing. Maybe three rounds, four to five movements, one minute max reps on each one. Yeah. That's like a, that's a great way to kind of start and be exposed to these CrossFit workouts, but it's also a brutal way, you know, like it's great in a sense that you're going to start and finish with everyone else. And the, the effort you do in the minute is just the effort you do. So you could even go slow on one minute and almost have a little bit of built-in rest. But yeah. if it's someone like you who you're trying to keep up with Nate or whoever's to the, the left or right of you, it, it'll definitely put you on your back and, and be one of the hardest things you've ever done. Yeah. Well, that's, that's pretty cool. And then after that, you probably hopped into the on-ramp and before coming into on-ramp and the gym in general, had you ever done exercises like snatches, clean and jerks, any of the, uh, definitely not rowing in the way that we do it. Uh, but where is this the first time you're being exposed to these types of movements? Um, I had a little bit of background, not like full Olympic stuff. Like, I mean, I had done, so I played a bunch of different sports um, at different times. So I had done like hang cleans and stuff, but like the way I front squatted was completely different. Like I never, I didn't even know like what a front rack was. Um, and I remember I couldn't make all of the on-ramp classes like when they were. So I came in the morning with like a couple one-on-ones with Shy, And I remember him like showing me like the front squat. And how can I explain this? The way that we did it in like football was it would sit like where, where it should sit like regularly, but we would kind of cross our arms on top. The, uh, the I like, genie style. Yeah, exactly. Like a genie um, and just hold the barbell there. So when he showed me the front rack at first, I was like, what is this? Like, it felt so weird. And I remember like he had me like try it first and my elbows were so low. And so like, it felt like so bad. And then he had me like stretch out with the bands on the rig and it felt a little bit better. Um, but I, I had had some weightlifting experience um, starting in like eighth grade, I started doing football and we had this coach, um, his name was Gibson and he, he would only go by Gibson. You weren't allowed to call him coach or coach Gibson. It was just Gibson. Really? He would do these, he would do these, uh, he would do weightlifting at like 6 a.m. every morning. He's like primarily like a, a wrestling coach, but he was also like an assistant coach for football. Um, and he would have everyone lift and he like honestly taught me how to lift. And also coach Sheeler, who was the, he just came in as like the 
varsity coach. So he was like the top guy. And they would come down to the junior high or like had some of the junior high kids go up to the high school and like teach us how to lift. And that taught me my first hand clean. I remember now I learned from Gibson from watching him and he kind of had everyone else try it. But like I was still now I'm extremely small for like average in the world. So like I didn't try it cause I was like, I have no clue if I can like even get this at all. And, and, and just, just for perspective, um, Tell the listeners how tall you are and around how much you oh, weigh. I, I don't even know. I would say you don't even know. five, three, five, four. Once I hit five feet, I was like, I'm good. It's fine. Whatever <laughs> I am, I am. Um, but yeah, so everyone else had tried it. I didn't, I didn't want to try it. And then everyone walked away and I tried a hang clean. And I hit it and he was like, there you go. He was like, you waited until everyone else walked away, but you got it. Like you're, you're good. Um, so I had done like a few things before. So I was pretty competent in lifting, but CrossFit of course is like a different animal altogether. Yeah, definitely. When you have to do 21 of them in a row and then go do something else. Yeah. Or if you're really trying to push a certain kind of maximum, do you remember what that first hand clean weight was? Oh, it must have been like a like a fifteen pound bar with like tens on the side, maybe. Okay, so so nothing yeah. too crazy, just no, good. Not at all. Good learning weight. Um, yeah, but I mean, I then going to like college and not working out at all that first my freshman year, and then like switching it up and going to Planet Fitness. Planet Fitness, they don't have actual rigs. So like I was doing back squats, like pretty heavy, but on a Smith machine, you don't have like, it's not real to me. Yeah. Maybe that's like a controversial thing to say, but like a Smith no, machine. No, it's, it's a very appropriate not, thing to say. Yeah. It's not real. Like you don't have that balance. You don't know like when you're off, like a big reason when you ask me, like if I need clips or something like why I don't really lift with clips is because of like what Gibson taught me in those morning uh, lifting sessions. We'd be like benching or something or squatting. And then he, he had a, like a no clips rule. Cause he was like, if you're off balance or you're doing something wrong, I want the weights to completely slide off. Cause if you've got those clips and that's all that's saving you, you're going to just continue to do it wrong the whole time. I want you to know like how to balance yourself. I want you to feel when you're doing it wrong, it should feel wrong. Um, so yeah, doing like the Smith machine was like nothing. So I was like doing 10 reps at like 275 at the time and then going into CrossFit and then we did like the CrossFit total and I could like, I think the first time we ever did the CrossFit total, I think I got 275 for one, which is obviously, for, for like my size is still like pretty good, but yeah, that's double body weight. Yeah. So, but it just felt so different. Like it felt like I have to do this correctly. You can kind of get by when you're working out by yourself at like planet fitness, just doing things the wrong way. But in CrossFit one, people are very supportive and will like teach you the correct way. Um, but it's like you have to do things the correct way or else it can get bad very quickly. 
Yeah. And I mean, it, it was probably nice to kind of be in a group atmosphere again and have eyes on you again, you know, like going to Planet Fitness, kind of doing it on your own. You don't have Coach Gibson or anyone else there to kind of say, hey, you need to squat deeper or you need to be a little tighter at the bottom. But now you always have those eyes on you. And the nice thing about CrossFit is you'll get in some groups or some classes where, you know, maybe the coach might be at the other end of the rig working with someone new. And there might be other coaches working out in the room or just more experienced athletes who have been around and they'll say, Oh, Hey, Miguel, your knee was kind of coming in, you know, on some of those squats and kind of give you a little reminder, you know? Yeah. I mean, overall in CrossFit, there were so many things that like, I would never have even attempted or like thought that I could have done unless people had pushed me. So like when I started going to the 5 PM class, that's where like, it's different than the 8 a.m. just because it's like there's more people, there's more energy, I guess you could say too, because it's instead of the morning, it's it's afternoon, everyone's coming off work. And like when you come in and work out at five o'clock, even if you were tired at work and all of this, you get like a like a refresh when you come in and work out with everyone. Um, but like uh, PG, Peter Gannon, like being in there and Lou would also like work out and like they'd give me cues that like, and you of course obviously would give me cues that like would really change things. Like I'd be trying something and I would have no clue like how it looked or if I could even go heavier and they'd be like, oh, you've got that for sure. And like, they'll scream at you like while you're doing it. And then you're kind of just like, okay, yeah, I guess I'll try it, why not? It's, it's good to have that, that reassurance and to know that other people in the room believe in you. You know, when you might start to be doubting yourself, you're like, I, I don't know if I can deadlift this. This is like 10 pounds more than I've ever done before. And that 10 pounds is kind of the unknown. And the unknown can be scary versus knowing what you can do, which might be, let's say it's 300 pounds. You're trying to deadlift 310 pounds. That 10 is unknown and scary. The 300 is now safe because you've done it yeah. and getting other people around you be like, no, no, we we've seen you do these lifts before and we feel that you can do it. And then when they're standing there watching you, you're going to try so much harder. Oh, absolutely. Like you're not going to give up on it or anything like that. And then when you, that the best is when someone's grinding out a deadlift, you know, it's like almost locked out and they're fighting it and everyone's kind of just screaming and people from the back of the room who are like in the middle of deadlifting are yelling, you know, for them to, to keep pulling it. It's just a, an awesome feeling. Yeah. Now, so far with everything you've done in CrossFit, competitions, coming to classes, things like that, what has kind of been your most memorable CrossFit moment? Um, first muscle up, I would say. Because that, that was a five o'clock class. Um, we were doing ring pull-ups I remember like that was like part of our warm-up was was ring pull-ups because the workout had strict muscle-ups in it and I was doing those and it was another moment where like PG and Lou were like looking at me and they were like like people say things and you don't always believe them but they were doing that thing where they were like oh if you can do them like that then you got a strict muscle-up for sure and I was kind of just like yeah okay and then like after encouragement from them and then you also of like 
yeah, like try one or two in the workout or like do attempts within the workout. And I was like, okay, I'll try it out. And I missed so many times. <laughs> um, but I finally like got my one and they were like, cool, you're doing this. And like in the workout, I think I was probably like the last person left, of course. Um, but PG ran and like grabbed his phone and came over and started videoing me and like screaming at me within it. Um, and then it was towards the end of the class. So like everyone had come in who was like going to the six o'clock class afterwards and also having every, all those eyes on me, not just the people in our class, but the next class coming in too. And like completely dead by the end of the workout, but like getting those strict muscle ups for like my first ring muscle ups ever felt amazing. I think that's that no matter what I do afterwards, that'll still be like one of my favorite moments. That's a, it's, that's a huge accomplishment. I, I almost want to say you were on the, the Kool-Aid man side of the wall. Yeah. Is that probably where you were? Maybe the, the rings closer towards the American flag or I either think the Kool-Aid man. I think I was the middle ones. Okay. It's kind of crazy. I like vaguely remember it. It's like a fuzzy memory, yeah. but like I can picture you on those rings. Um, it's just funny, you know, like people normally go to the same spots, but yeah, that's a huge accomplishment. That first muscle up. And it's like it, the feeling when you get to the top of that muscle up, it has to be so, you know, like, like you're just on top of the world. You're yeah. like, the, you're like the highest you could possibly be in the room other than that 20 foot rope climb. And you just hoisted yourself up over those rings. Do you remember vaguely what that feeling was when you're just up there and you're like, I can't believe I'm up here right now and looking down at everybody. Yeah, it's like that press out is like, it's the hardest thing in the world when you're doing like strict um, to, to get above those rings. And like, once you have that, you're just like, now I have to like press it out. Um, but when you get to the top, you're like, yes, like I've been working so hard and I, I got to the hardest part and I finished it. And to hear like everyone else like cheering you on and stuff like that. It, it really does feel like you've like ascended to like this higher level of like. Thank you so much for listening to my interview with Albany CrossFit Barbell Club team member, Miguel Porter. Part two will be posting in just a few days on Wednesday. Now, while you wait, make sure you check out other episodes that we've done in the past if you're not all the way caught up. And make sure you head on over to Instagram, follow the Barbell Strikes Back, follow me, James A. McDermott. And once again, thank you so much for listening. Until next time.